another episode of Dr. Me First. I am so excited to be here with you on this solo cast today. That's right. Just me. No guests. No husband. Just me. But I am your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And I am just super excited that you have found the time to hang with me today. So talking about this solo cast, it's going to be more or less a storytelling, a reintroduction, a time for me to share a little bit more from where I was in 2014 and to hopefully shed some light on you. And maybe it resonates. Maybe you can see yourself in the story. Maybe you can just celebrate with me of getting out of the deep and dark place of burnout. No matter how you come today, I'm just really excited to crack open the archives of Aaron Wiseman and share my journey from burnout to badass. Okay, here we go. ready to go to a women's physicians retreat in Tucson, Arizona. And I'm like 50% there. You know, I've got what I'm going to put in my bag, but just haven't put it in there yet. I got to double check, make sure that I have enough underwear because Lord knows you can't pack too much underwear. Take all the toys that my kids have thrown in my suitcase and get them out. I don't know why they do that, but they do. And then, of course, write that like last minute post-it note to put in front of my face so I don't forget my damn phone charger again. Am I right? Does it not seem like you always forget something that you need for an electronic and then you're up a creek? So anyway, that's where I'm at. But I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit more about my story from burnt out to badass give you an introduction to myself because this is the one that I am giving to those participants at the retreat that I'm traveling for. So if you're not interested in hearing the story, here's the short version. 2014, totally burned out, crispy to the core. 2020, flashing forward, badass to the bone, kicking ass, taking names, mother of dragons, I wish, and still a doctor, but sassy as I'll get out. So that's the the total like cliff notes version for all of you who are too busy and don't want to listen. But let me tell you, it's a juicy long version that I recently rewrote out. One, because I'm writing a program and a book and they said I couldn't just use the short version. And two, just to reflect, you know, we just jumped into 2020 and... I tend to not celebrate victories as much as I should. I tend to stay focused. Like I'm a previous track runner. So they always said like run through the line. So I'm always like looking for the finish line and running through and not looking back. But there is some validity of looking back on how far you've come. So this is me kind of getting cathartic and sentimental and looking back. So as you know, I'm family medicine trained. I went straight through high school, college, med school, took no breaks even with children, took no breaks, finished residency on a Friday. It was Labor Day weekend, and I started up on that next Tuesday. And in 2014, I had what I always planned, the traditional employed outpatient practice in a rural area. I was taking care of Kate Cradle to Grave. I was the keeper of the health of my community. I was the only female physician. I was proving that I could do it. 
and I was drowning. Like for real. I would wake up in the middle of the night, like quickly check my phone to make sure that I wasn't paged because at that point I was not sharing call with anyone. It was just 24 hours a day, seven days a week me. And I would wake up with this like dark dread, like heavy weight sitting on my chest and like (gasps) trying to get air in. And I just felt like I couldn't breathe. You know that feeling when you dive down really deep um, to the bottom of the pool, like on the diving well side with the diving boards and you want to see how far you can go just with a big breath and that like pressure, that was what I felt. And I felt like somebody was holding me under all the time. Now, looking back on it, I had some extreme anxiety going on to wake me up in that kind of like panic and and that mode. But that's how it felt. That's and I was so ready to get away from that feeling. I didn't know how to, but I was just that's what I was seeking was first and foremost to get away from the drowning feeling. I mean, I felt crazy because everyone around me was like, oh, isn't it great? You're doing so well. You're living your dream. You got it all going on. And me, at that point, I still was controlling my eye rolls. But internally, I wanted to stab them in the jugular with my fancy new pen and scream, can't you see I'm miserable? This was before I started letting myself say fucking, but really I was thinking, I am fucking miserable. Can you not see it on my face? I mean, I remember walking to church, into church, exhausted with two little kids and a husband in tow and just trying to keep the pieces all together. And I didn't really even know if I wanted to be there, but again, I was trying to figure out the sinking feeling and I people would come up and talk to me and they would want to talk about how great my new office was in the community and how excited they were that I was there. And I just, I just wanted help. I wanted somebody to see that I was not doing okay, but I didn't have the safe space to say that. Around this time, the church that we were attending um, was in between pastors. Um, One was leaving and one was coming on. And the one that was coming on was a female minister. I grew up extremely conservative, very traditional, like Protestant Christian home. And like girl pastors, oh my God, my my grandfather's probably rolling over in his grave. But I remember thinking, maybe this is it. Maybe she can help me. And within the first couple of months of her starting, I invited her over to my home just to have... Um, just to meet. I didn't want to meet in the church. I just, I didn't want to meet out. I just wanted her to come to me. So we did just had some like sweet tea and some snacks and she came over and we talked and just got really real. And I asked her a lot. At first it was more of like uh, religious questions, like women in the church and where she saw that. Because personally, I always felt like I was going to have to go outside the church if I was ever going to be a leader because girls weren't allowed in the tradition that I grew up in. So it was amazing to have a woman in that role that I thought was off limits, even as a very smart, intellectual, I would call myself worldly person. It wasn't until, you know, this far into my life that I actually kind of had that glass ceiling busted for me. Well, anyway, we had a extremely insightful conversation. It started a relationship and friendship that I value even to this day. 
but she was the only one who saw in my eyes that I was hurting and that I felt broken and I didn't know what else to do. She was also one of the ones that encouraged me to keep seeking that it's not a bad thing. And God, it was such a breath of release because it was so bad otherwise. I mean, I had two babies at home. I had a scared husband. I had over $250,000 in loans. And I was just desperately scraping for a way to leave. I wanted to get out, but I felt so stuck. And here's here was my level of stuckness. I had signed an employed contract for three years that if I left, I had a 70-mile radius non-compete. So that went over a good portion of Indiana, southern Illinois, and like the western portion of Kentucky. I had two service agreements for forgivable loans in primary care in Indiana, in rural Indiana, in fact. I had accepted a big sign-on bonus, and I I felt like I had all these patients from the community who had been like waiting for me to come be their primary care doctor. And then I also had the weight of what I felt like was my family expectations. God damn, I had so much weight on me, and I just was being crushed, crushed, crushed slowly over time. So literally, I got online and I googled these exact words. How do I change my CV to a resume? I mean, even if I say this, it makes me laugh because I was just such in a bad place. I was like, holy shit. Like, what do I do? I was scared shitless. How was I going to repay these loans and like keep my house when the only jobs that I could find on LinkedIn in no man's land, Indiana was like $60,000 at best. How am I going to get out of this contract that I willingly signed up for? How could I have gone so wrong into going into medicine and doing this? But here's the thing. It all worked out. It really, really did. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be on this podcast if you didn't know like there was like a good ending to all of this. I, in my Google search, found the Happy MD which I still look up to him because I read a lot of his articles. Um, I found Pamela Weibel, who I really looked up to her for what she was saying about physician suicide and moral injury and the abuses that we facilitate on ourselves as physicians. And I also really appreciate Philippa Keneally. If you haven't caught our episode, she's my coach. And she came on and talked on Dr. Me first. And it was kind of our five-year reunion. And let me tell you, from that first time that I coached with Philippa, I shit you not, it changed my life in that one session. And I continued to coach with her. The journey with us was kind of long, to be perfectly honest. And it wasn't perfect. It was I couldn't meet every week or every other week. Sometimes it was just like a month between or even longer. But what coaching did for me was help me move from a place of burnout, brokenness, and utter despair. You guys have heard me say those words before because they are so in my heart. But seriously, I was in a place of utter burnout, brokenness, and despair to a place of awareness to gain some clarity. And the biggest one was hope. 
She helped me to find hope again. At first, it just felt like a cool breeze on my face from that drowning feeling. And then after that, it felt like a whole whirlwind that was picking me up and that was taking me on a journey that I knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And it was not an oncoming train. It was the bright future that I had so desperately hoped and prayed for in those nights where I just felt totally crushed. And so I just wanted to share with this with you, this tidbit of, of me, of God, how stuck I was to show you the opposite side, which is the total unstuckness. In one of our first sessions, Philippa asked me, what do you really want? And if any of you have ever talked to me, I still use that question. I steal that question because it is so great. And here's what I told her that I really wanted. Like when I really got down to it and I kind of like did all the word vomit and, and really got down to it. I said these things. I said one, I want a life and something I do, my work, whatever we want to call it, job that I don't have to take a vacation to escape from. Because I was doing that. I was using CMEs and vacations and days off to escape, essentially. I wanted to be able to wake up each morning and be excited about the day. I had not been excited about my life and my work for years. I couldn't remember. I remember one time in residency where it was my birthday. And I always get excited about birthdays. And it was just not there. And I thought, oof, that's not what I want. And the third thing I told her that I wanted is I wanted to feel again, because at that point I was just numb and I felt frightened and stuck. And I mean, at some point I remember telling my husband, I feel broken. I feel like there's something wrong with me that I can't even feel feels. I can't even engage with you and the kids. I can't go to that level with patience where you really connect. And I acknowledge that now. I, I was really, really, really burned out. And not just the surface tired and like I got my charts done. I put in all the hours. It was like that deep, emotional, spiritual, just empty. But I have to say 100% fully, pinky promise swear, I love my life work now. I love my life and my work now, both in medicine and in coaching and all the other fun stuff that I get to do. And I just want to encourage you today to say you can too. Now, you can't follow my life, my path, my recipe, and I'm not promising like, oh, it's going to be perfect. Just do these five steps. God, do I wish that I had a protocol that I could just distribute? To I wouldn't even charge money for it. I would just put it out into the world. So that everyone can figure this out. But here's the thing. It's not that easy. And if people are promising that to you, you turn the other way. Because it's, there is no protocol. Because the answers that you need are within you and your scope of life. But here's the amazing thing. You can get those answers. I found my way through coaching. And that's why I became a coach. Because it was so powerful to see how my brain worked and how that maybe it wasn't always so beneficial and that maybe there were other ways to think and feel about things so that I could make external changes. That is like the magic sauce of coaching. The other magic sauce about coaching is it gives you a person. And that's my second thing to tell you that one, you can do it. Two, get a person, whether it's a coach 
whether it's a spiritual advisor, whether it's a friend, a therapist, you need a person for which they can be totally objective and hear you. First of all, you need somebody to really hear you. And secondly, talk very little. Because honestly, like I said, your answers are there. Your opportunities are there. You just need a person to work that through with. And hopefully it's a trained professional to do that. And the third thing that I want to do and tell you that you can do it, get a person and remember you are not alone. Change is possible. You are happening to the world. The world is not happening to you any longer, my friend. Change will happen. This is not your forever reality. So many times when I was so down, I felt like, oh my God, this is the next 30 years of my life. Holy shit, what am I going to do until my kids get bigger? I felt that was part of the stuckness. But just to remind you, this is not your forever. This is just your right now. And it is going to change. And you get to be the change agent. You get to decide in this. You get to get clarity and understand what it is that you want to do in this world. Because guess what? Think about it. The guy who made the pool noodle last year made like somewhere around like $7 million from his patent. You just got to figure it out. You got to figure out your thing in the world. You know, and that's what I think is amazing is that, okay, so you're doing this doctor thing and it's not working right now. Then shift. You don't have to leave medicine altogether. You can find something within the scope if that's what you want. You can find something outside the scope if that's what you want. You can invent the freaking pool noodle and blow us all out of the water with income. I don't know what it is, but it is there within you and I absolutely 100% believe that. So if you need a cheerleader in your life, you have found one because I think you're awesome. I appreciate you listening this far and I just want you to know more about me and more about the hole that I was stuck in so that you realize, mm, maybe I don't have it as bad or maybe I do have it as bad as Erin, but if she can do it, so can I. So friend, hang in there. I encourage you to contact me. I am always open for a conversation. No selling, no sleaze, just us talking. I guarantee it. And take this virtual hug and remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye. <laughs>